data-driven, ambitious, and love all things marketing? I'm Emma. I've dabbled in all marketing channels in my career. And my passion? Providing my team with the tools to be the superstars. So, I'm making a podcast to share everything I've learned along the way, from my bachelor's internships to early career in marketing to becoming head of international marketing by age 29. Plus, everything I wish my 20-year-old self had known. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, get your snacks ready to go, and let's do this. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Marketing Nuggets. So we're going quite niche with this episode, and it's because this podcast is meant to be for people that want to go and be marketing managers. And to be marketing managers, you need to go into a range of different channels. So I'm trying to dig in and explore different channels as we go and give you some of my best pieces of advice so that you can learn quickly and be amazing. So today's agenda is stunt marketing, also sometimes called publicity stunts, experiential. It's a whole heap of of different terminology, but the easiest way to explain it for me is I always say to appear somewhere that you shouldn't or to appear somewhere that people wouldn't expect. And so cast away all of those traditional billboards or digital marketing or social media, anywhere that you would expect brands to turn up day in, day out. The thing that works well about stunt marketing is generally that you pop up somewhere unexpected for maybe a couple of hours, maybe a day, maybe a couple of days, but not really any longer than that. And you get people talking about your brand because of what you're doing. So generally that's what it is. And from figuring out how to get a tank up to the top of Snowden, to a train station stunt, to things in the middle of London, uh, to a pop-up shop. There's there's lots of different elements of stunt marketing that I've been involved in, right from joining a company and literally the next week being in a stunt marketing and seeing how that unfolded without being the organiser, all the way to organising the stunts themselves myself. So I've seen it from both angles and today I'm just gonna run through my top five pieces of advice. Although number five, I'm like bundled in like quite a few because I wanted to, to say more. So hopefully there are some things in here that are going to help you. So before I get into my advice, how much does it cost? So stunt marketing can be very, very expensive. I have spent more than a hundred thousand pounds on a couple of days on stunt marketing, but also it can be so cheap. A good example of how cheap it can be is Thursday, the dating app. They literally have people like in London, they write something on with a Sharpie on a cardboard and go and stand outside bank station at 8am and that's also a a type of stunt marketing because it gets that earned media, it gets people talking and it gets that sort of shock value that also comes with spending hundreds of thousands on a pop-up store, like how Costa did a pop-up store in London. Quite a few people do stunt marketing and and sort of cross it with a a pop-up store. I'm sort of doing them both in the same in this podcast because I think that the same elements from stunt marketing and pop-ups are very, very similar. So Keep that in mind as we go through. So the very first thing is get the basics nailed before you do any organizing. And 
this seems really obvious, but with stunt marketing, typically it is quite exciting for you and the team, for internal stakeholders, for the board. So people want to get you started straight away. But before you are tempted to rush into organizing things, make sure that you have just done your usual marketing checklist of who's your audience and who's this audience going to appeal to what's the messaging behind the stunt the location the actual thing that you're doing and I found the best way to figure out what the stunt is is if you as a marketing manager figure out the audience and the messaging and kind of the location and really know what you then want to get across then if you do a brainstorm with your creative team or whoever's in your marketing team to really just bounce off each other have a workshop type style working session to really nail down what the stunt's going to be. I've typically found that is a better and more creative way to get more exciting results than just you on your own agonizing over what the stunt could be. Once you've sort of got a few different avenues, I usually do about three or four ideas and then build them out a little bit further and see what actually makes more sense and would work the best. And if you're still not sure, what I do here is I go back and make sure it ticks all of the main marketing objectives for the year. And then on top of that, your marketing objectives will flow down from your business objectives. So there's usually one that's more of a front runner that will tick more of your main marketing objectives versus the other ones. I also, of course, look at cost. What is the cost going to be versus doing more traditional marketing? Or is there a way that you could do it a little bit cheaper? So all of that nailing the basics goes in before you organize anything make sure that you've got all of those laid out really nicely typically you might have to pitch this to a board of directors or your manager or somebody like that so once you've nailed the basics i always put them in a deck so that it's very straightforward to take somebody through and say this is the audience this is the messaging this is the location this is the actual thing we're doing and then the next bit that I do is how we're gonna amplify it, um, which I'll come on to at another point, what we're actually gonna do, and of course, how will it? How much will it cost, and all of the variables that can go into it. Typically speaking, with stunt marketing, there is more of a risk associated because it's not like when you pay for LinkedIn ads, say, you know, on LinkedIn ads, you are gonna get a set amount of impressions, you're gonna get that bang for your buck. You don't necessarily know with stunt marketing if it's going to land, if it's going to get any coverage, if it's going to resonate with your audience. And whilst you can't control if there is media pickup, if there is, if it doesn't start trending on Twitter, you can't guarantee any of that. But if you do your audience, your messaging and your location and make sure that it ties back to what you want to say to your audience, it's much more likely that it will resonate with the people that you want it to resonate with. And I think it's really important to say here that just because you're doing a stunt doesn't mean that it has to resonate with everybody, which is why I say check your audience. So if you're doing a stunt in the middle of London, it doesn't need everybody talking about it. It needs your target audience to be talking about it. So don't get stressed with your stunt marketing has to be this big thing for the whole of the UK or the whole of London or the whole of Birmingham, because actually you just want to be talking to your audience. So don't have that sort of overwhelm with stunt marketing it's just the same as if you're going to be doing a paid social campaign and you're going to be talking to that audience so try and think of it more like that because it definitely is less overwhelming 
The second one is once you've got all of that started and you've done your deck and you've got everything signed off, start a project plan and a budget plan as soon as possible. Just start filling in every single thing on that. And I'm actually going to have a project plan coming out in December on emmawindsor.com that you can download for free so that if you don't really don't know where to start, you can use that. But in your project plan, it's very much, I do it by week. I do it color coordinated. And I then put in a breakdown of literally whose job is what. It's really difficult to explain, but it's basically anything that needs to be done goes in the project plan. So it could literally be kicking off the creative messaging. It could then be any licensing that you need. It could be influencers that you need. It could be things that, projects that you actually need to build to make the stunt. So anything like that, it's really, this is really difficult to, to say because every stunt's different, but I'm basically saying, literally start with a blank piece of paper and go okay for to get from where I am now to make the stunt happening what are the small bite-sized chunks that I need to complete or us as a team need to complete to get to the end point and then I break it down into sections like I've just mentioned so it could be like the organic social plan is going to be one it could be the logistics for the day is another one break it down and then break it down every week of what you need to do during that week to make this keep continuing and as you see it like that it then gives you a much better sense of what needs to be done each week because the thing with stunt marketing is it can be a lot lot to organize there's a lot of moving parts so you need to have that overall view of what's going on you could use something like trello or asana or monday.com which is a project management system if you don't want to go as basic as a google docs which i've used a google doc Docs in the past. I've used a Google Docs because I then have my budget on another tab and it was just easier to flick between them. But I have used Trello and Asana for other projects which have worked really well as well because either the project management software or the Google Docs, they both upload in real time. So generally speaking, you'll have more than just you working on it. So having it in those real time places is essential so that other people can go in and make changes at the same time and you're not sending, I mean, do not save an Excel sheet and start sending it all to yourselves because no, don't even go down that rabbit hole. So start with that. On my budget plan, I always do a projected and then an actuals so as I start we start paying for things I'll put in what it actually cost versus my budget I will literally make sure that I make a point even if the stunt is months and months out every single week go in and write where we're up to with the budget so and then I have a notes column as well just to say like it's pending or what we're waiting for because typically if your stunt is a more expensive stunt, then people are gonna, you're gonna have to answer to people and say where things are, where, where are we spending the money, what, where are we with things? So it's a much easier way. And actually also, in the past, I've had finance ask me seven months after a stunt what a specific line item costs. So it very much covers your back for when, if anybody asks you that, to go back and you can literally say by line item what things cost. The budget plan always, always have a buffer I always try and put about a 10 grand buffer depending on the size of the stunt. So it's the stunt is 100 grand, I'll have a 10 grand buffer. Obviously that comes down if the stunt is less, but it just really helps to make sure that if there are those unexpected things, which there will be, you have a slight buffer before you then have to go and ask for more money. 
when you're making this budget plan, research all of the costs from third parties before going any further. So this usually includes people who will build the actual thing that you're going to do. Any license applications that you need. So depending on where it is, if it's in a shopping centre, if it's in a train station, or if it's even on a street, you'll not only need to apply for licences, generally speaking, they cost money. All of those places they cost us money. The only place I've experienced doing a stunt where we've not actually needed any additional licenses was in the middle of a field, which was fine because the eyeballs were coming digitally, if you're wondering why I was doing it in the middle of a field. But that's the only place that I can think of where we didn't actually then need to put incremental spend into the licenses. So so check that out before you go any further because some might be dead ends because some realist like some places are just really really expensive and it's probably not worth it so uh, especially in places like london check out the application format that you're going to need and how much it will cost to see if it is worth continuing before you do any more work and then realize that it's thousands and thousands for a lot an application for for just a couple of hours and it might not be worth it The next one, number three of my top pieces of advice is assign people in your team different roles. And this is typically quite difficult. That sounds really obvious. But generally speaking, unless you're a huge, huge company that do stunts all of the time, you probably aren't going to have an in real life or event marketing full arm of your team. So you're going to have to assign people in your team different roles. So with that, make sure that you get all of their buy-in, make sure they're from it from the beginning, make sure they know it's a team thing and that they're really involved. And And I say that because it's probably going to be out of their day-to-day work. So you really need to make sure that you are getting their buy-in and including them, but then also showing how this is a really exciting thing that they could be involved in and make sure that you're really, really clear with what their specific little thing, a piece of the pie is to help. I've done stunts before and I've tried to take on a lot more of the planning myself instead of asking for help from different team members. And I actually realised that the more people that you have involved, even if they're just doing a really little piece of the puzzle, if even if someone's just in charge of the budget sheet or someone's just in charge of people and staffing, it really makes a huge difference. Then what I would do is after I've assigned people in my team different roles, I then put in stand-ups. So depending on the time away from the event is how often these stand-ups or meetings will be. Anything a month before, I would do about a twice weekly half an hour catch up with everybody. And then the month leading up, I would usually do 15 to 20 minutes each morning with two longer sessions each week, which is to troubleshoot anything and to just really go through things. So by the time the stunt happens, everybody is sick to death, bored to tears, knows the event inside out and back to front, not only in a little bit of chunk that they're doing, but also everybody else is doing and having those offer meetings, it might seem like overkill, but actually everybody needs to know what everybody is doing to make it run really, really smoothly. So that just encourages even more communication than you would typically have in a day-to-day marketing team, just so that then everybody knows what everybody's doing. And as they're thinking of their little piece of the pie that they're working on, how it then affects other areas that other people are working on to then help make sure that everybody is swimming in the right direction. Okay, so number four, and this might be the most important piece of advice. So if you're doing something else, if you're multitasking, come back to me, listen to this piece because I didn't learn this until I did a couple stunts in and I wish that I had. Focus, uh, let me caveat here. This depends on your target audience, but generally speaking, if you're going for, to be fair, Gen Z, millennials, Gen X, 
any of those, you need to focus on the digital eyeballs versus the physical eyeballs. And I say that because the best way to amplify your stunt is through digital, social media, word of mouth, PR, any of that stuff. And whilst you can't guarantee PR, you can guarantee digital eyeballs. So don't get so worked up on the amount of physical eyeballs on the day. And that seems really crazy because you're like, Emma, I'm doing a stunt in real life. Of course, I want physical eyeballs on it. Yes, you do. But the amount of physical eyeballs versus what you could get digitally is incomparable. So try not to stress too much about the physical people on the day that are going to see your stunt and really focus on the digital eyeballs. And to ensure that you focus on this, I try and make sure that it is somebody's job completely separate to doing the stunt that is working on the media plan. So usually my typical ones to get digital eyeballs would be a social media as in a paid social media plan, depending on your target audience. So if you're doing B2B, I'd be looking at LinkedIn amplification plan if you're not i'd be looking more at facebook instagram twitter it's a really good one for this so i'd be working on that plan and then the second one that is a really good one for eyeballs is influencer marketing so well influencer amplification so hopefully if you are b2c you already have a influencer realm to your marketing this then helps with getting that authenticity across rather than just hiring influencers for the stunt that could seem quite inauthentic and not genuine so i'm hoping that you have this already in your wheelhouse ready to go there are some other ways that you can focus on getting eyeballs on your event such as above the line options and of course hopefully through press themselves above the line options naturally are much more expensive so you might want a billboard right outside where the stunt's going to be you might want to be doing some spotify you might want to do some radio ads all of that stuff is above the line well i class it as above the line but of course that then comes to the price tag itself so generally speaking the stunt costs a bunch of money so then you don't want to then double that up by using above line options unless you have tons and tons of budget so typically speaking i try and just use two which would be social media amplification influencer amplification typically those two together along with the stunt then work the best i have found um myself but then also looking and researching other stunts that have been really really successful and then finally, so I said that there would be five, but this is, I've bunged a whole lot into the last one for you. So plan as many little details as you can. A couple of my top tips for this is if you are going to a physical location, do a practice run of this. So whilst you might be building something and you might not be able to literally do that, do the journey, see how long the commute is, see what type of people are around when you're doing it. See just physically what it takes for you to get to where you need to get to. It sounds quite literal, but when you have so much that you're gonna be thinking about in the morning, you wanna not be thinking about the route, what you do, where you park, what the drive is like, all of that stuff, just try and already have done it so that you are not even worrying about that on the morning of. Also walk the footsteps, so if you are doing a stunt, then what is your audience going to see? What's the best angle to put things at? What's the best time of day? All of that stuff. It seems like, yeah, but you don't have time to do it, but it's so pivotal that make the time to go and do it. Additionally, one good thing is a little tip bit, and I said in my first one is to make sure that you've got the messaging right. If you can, and make sure that you try and plan this into your planning stages, is test messaging through social proofing, through if you have a site like a test where you can literally test creative through them 
But if you don't have that, just do some paid ads, change the copy, see what's resonating the most with your audience because you don't want to then pick one message and go, oh, actually, that one would have worked better. So even if you can just do a few couple tests on paid social, absolutely do it. The next thing is staff it properly. Do not be underestimated by how, if it's a long stunt, how many people you will need to help you. So make sure that you're caring for their breaks and all of that stuff that seems really little, but actually it can be so pivotal because at the end of the day, people are probably gonna be a really important part of your stunt. So you need them to have plenty of breaks, make sure that they know what they're doing. So in the same vein, brief them properly inside out and back to front. If you have staff that have been working on this through the whole project, then they're gonna know. But if you're getting temporary staff in or event staff, then make sure you brief them properly, get their buy-in, let them know what it's all about, what the key messaging is. Don't overwhelm them with too many things I used to focus on like four or five different messaging that then they would be saying over and over just make sure that you look after your people because they could make or break the event for you and then my final couple of ones because I have builders outside I have a dog that's playing with a toy this is carnage is to make sure that it's someone's sole job to do social media so organic social they come to the event, their only job is to do social. I've done it before where I've given it to somebody and they've had other jobs or I've tried to do it while doing management and um, event managing, but it is so difficult because it is so difficult because there's so much going on, there's so much literally to do that then if it's not somebody's sole job, it can get really, really easily missed and they'll miss the really nice authentic moments that you want captured for your marketing in the future. Also, in the same vein, ensure it's somebody's sole job to capture content. So more professional videography or photography, I like to have both, that then you can use for assets going forward. Because it's only going to be a short snapshot in time, making sure that somebody is there just to focus on capturing stuff for the future. Future you will be very, very happy. I've had events before where I've not focused on this. And then after I'm like, oh, that would be so good for this campaign. I wish I'd spent more time on it. So try and just make it literally one person's job for organic social, one person's job for video and photography. And for the organic social, just because they're capturing content on the day, doesn't mean they need to post it all live. Do not be that brand that has 54 live stories in one day like they could just do a couple storyboarded to show the events going on or the stunt but then they could keep capture a lot and just save it for for later down the road I like to have both ways because then you've got the more professional videography and photography but then just the iPhone filming user-generated content works typically better on social so then you have the best of both worlds both of those people will have a sheet that they're following that's a coordinated pre-planned shot list so whilst they will be capturing some ad hoc stuff happening they know that there's some key deliverables that they need to get as well which then ensures that you don't have to micromanage them all day but it also means that you're going to get the outputs that you want and then finally so you need a pack down plan or a end of event plan. Try and get a third party to do that if at all possible. You'll be so tired. You'll be emotionally drained, physically drained and tired. And if you then have to do the pack down as well, if it is a really, really big stunt, then it's just gonna, you will not regret spending the money on a third party. So if you can try and get a third party. So then let me just wrap this up because there's all sorts of noise in the background. I'm sure I'm gonna listen to this back and you're gonna hear my dog with his toy squeaking it and literally have a builder right outside so I'm so sorry if you can hear that but I just wanted to get this recorded have fun 
be calm. Things will go wrong. Have backup plans. Go with it. Sometimes, actually, the best things of the stunt could be not planned. So as much as you're probably like me and a control freak and want to make sure everything goes to plan, some things might not go to plan. But just roll with them. Have backup plans. My biggest piece of advice is with that is make sure that you've got all of your licenses, all of your ducks in a row in terms of legality and then anything else that goes wrong is fine because you've got your back covered in terms of all of the stuff that you have to have in place and then it's just probably going to be things that are less less catastrophic so make sure you've got all of the health and safety in place risk assessments all of that good stuff done and then anything else that goes wrong fingers crossed it's just going to be things that's cosmetic But yes, just have fun. Make sure that your staff are having fun. Everybody is smiling because that can make or break an event and encourage them to share it on social because if they start the conversation, then that is always a starting point. Okay, I'm going because you can hear so much noise in the background. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully next week's background noise will be less and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to my Marketing Nuggets podcast. I've been your host, Emma, and I will catch you next time. Bye for now.